Hello there, my name is Vic Baines. And I'm Becky Pinkard. And this is a new podcast on cybersecurity that we're calling, I think, Beck, um, Cyber Warrior Princess. Well, that's right? what you've talked me into. We, um, it's been a matter of debate. Um, actually, this came to me in a dream, as many things do. You never told me that. Yeah, um, it came to me in a dream. It was one of those moments where you wake up in the middle of the night and you think, oh, Cyber Warrior Princess. And I have um, rationalised it in retrospect when you had some reservations about it. Um, so obviously cyber, because we're talking about cyber security. Makes perfect sense. Information security, however you want to describe it. Um, warrior Princess, because I think it's a bit like Xena Warrior Princess. I do scans love the same. I, I will, yeah. I uh, so in my mind, when I'm fighting cyber criminals... I am dressed a little bit like that. Nope, nope, absolutely not. With spears, <laughs> and um, and I, I have a tendency to be a bit angry and violent about certain issues. But you have to sing and dance as well. I have to sing and dance as well. Princess, because, again, rationalising in retrospect, um, it's challenging expectations about how women should be in the professional environment, but in information security specifically, um, we discussed that this isn't necessarily going to be a single issue podcast. So if you're tuning in to hear a rant every single time about uh, women in the workplace, women in cybersecurity, you're not going to get that. No, we, we'll rant occasionally, but not all the time. There, there might be some anger. There might be some passion. There might be some commitments. I hope we, there'll be We did have to those. change the original title as a result, remember, the original title. Yes. So uh, remind me, what was the original title? So I really, really wanted the, the security swear cast. I, I was quite sad <laughs> on, on the security swear cast. <laughs> and, and, and explain the, the retrospective rationalisation for that. Bit. Well, we realised we really have to try and be adults, actually. So we need to try and, and, and perhaps put information together in such a way that it could be listened to by other people that maybe are aspiring to get into security. Maybe if they were you know, some uh, younger folks that might want to listen to this, you know, we can't tinge all of their ears with all of the blasphemous words that we might. <laughs> Absolutely. And and equally, um, you know, we will be editing the, the podcast on that basis because swearing will happen. We just won't give you the swearing. Um, and although this already sounds like a, a random mess of consciousness, um, there will be a little bit of editing. But that's fun, too. That's true. Yeah, it gives me something to do over the Christmas holidays, apart from... I didn't mean the editing was fun. I mean... Eating in a drunken stupor. Exactly, exactly. Don't drink. Don't drink, kids. It's, uh, it's bad for your health, and it will make you forget things. Um, we had another alternative name, which was the, the Vic and Beck show. Equally classy. Classic. I, I think, yeah, I think we need to... Maybe keep that one on the back burner for when we get the huge TV deal. That's right. Then we can be like Cher, Madonna. Oh, yeah. Oprah. We could replace Philip and Holly <laughs> on this morning, which if you're outside the UK, folks, they are the king and queen of daytime television here, aren't they? Holly's made a big transition now to the jungle, and I, I'm really supportive of that, though. I I'm... thought when you said supportive of her transition, I thought it was going to be something else. <laughs> this is something... Because I don't keep up with the celebrity press, so this oh, is something well, that I no, thought I'd missed. A, uh, my wife makes me watch the Jungle Show, the Celebrity Jungle Show. I can't the remember celebrity, what it's called. Well, I, think we, I think we've renamed it the Celebrity Jungle Show. We may have to edit this bit up. That, that could be a different show, couldn't it? Um, 
you'll already be gathering, listeners, that um, we're not very good with rules. And we did at least consider that we might need some house rules. So there are some house rules, aren't there, that we've hastily written down on a piece of paper. Yeah, the vaguest of rules. The first one is that um, everything that we will talk about is very much our own slightly peculiar opinions. Absolutely. Um, Based on the fact that other people call us cybersecurity experts. Well, I've been accused of worse. We've, We've been in the business long enough... To know better. To know a certain, to know better, <laughs> firstly. Secondly, to know a certain amount about what we're talking about. True. Um, we're going to try not to do product placement in the sense of we're not going to promote to you a particular cybersecurity solution. That's right. Um, but it did occur to me um, that, you know, if somebody wants to give us a car Absolutely. or a holiday. I'm, yeah, I'm up for it. You know, I think if you need some security folks to represent you in Lanzarote, for example, in a Beamer, you should reach out. <laughs> I'm definitely a speaker for hire. You know, we're out there, aren't we? And, and to be fair, that's how we met. True. That's how we met. Uh, we did a webinar together yeah. and we realized we were having far too much fun for something that was supposed to be informative. Which is kind of ironic considering we pretty much coughed ourselves off the webinar. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I don't know if we made each other sick or what. You're still making me sick, Beck, on a regular basis. I'm convinced you're, you're just a germy person, I think. I am. Just- <laughs> and so if you, if those of you who have heard me before on recordings are thinking that I'm sounding a little bit sexy and Marlena Dietrich, I have got the stinker of the cold that's doing the rounds. I'm actually making her sit on the other side of the room as we record this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wearing a balaclava. Just for security purposes and for for public health. Well, you know, I don't touch the train, so this is difficult for me right now, having to sit in this confined space. Yeah, so you will, if I suddenly, you know, if you think to yourself, oh, a lot of that's been edited out, that's probably me having a coughing fit um, or blowing my nose in a really attractive fashion. Um, It's not something super interesting and meaty that we've decided is too hot for you oh, to yes. handle Let's although there could off. there could be some of that as well mostly we? when we're gossiping yeah <laughs> um so the the swearing we've i think we've touched on that's i'm going to try very hard i will as not well. to swear too much and those that know me well will know that that will require an infinite degree of strength my mum is going to be particularly surprised <laughs> my husband is going to be relieved Dinner, um, actually because <laughs> Because he's used to a yes, he he tells me off for turning the air blue oh, at yeah, home. Yeah. <clears throat> so for the kids out there, this is safe for you, um, and uh, your parents shouldn't be too concerned. That's right. Yeah, unless they just don't want you exposed to security information. Ah, well that that takes us on to our topic, right? Because we do have a topic for today, <laughs> believe um, it or not, and it's a, very much an introductory topic, which is what the heck? Heck's not swearing, is nope, it? Nope, heck is what good. What the heck? is cybersecurity. And what do we mean when we talk about it? Yeah. Um, and you referred to the fact that security information, it's a bit shady, isn't it? Yeah, really shady. Yeah. And then we have things like the dark web. No, the no. dark Let's web. Let's not talk about Let's not go to the dark web. web. Don't go to the dark web, kids. <laughs> it's full of cops and shady people. Mostly and, full of cops. And you're absolutely bound to get into trouble after the first five minutes. <laughs> um, and... And, you know, when you think about the term cybersecurity, actually it occurred to me that 
oh, you won't know this, but you might know this. If, you've, if you're frantically Googling me and going on my LinkedIn, you'll know that I did classics degree. So I did Latin and ancient Greek. And when I look at the word cybersecurity, I think, what? This is a made up word, right? So we're talking about information security. We're talking at times about data protection and yeah. privacy and threat intelligence. And it's almost like we're listing what our subsequent episodes are going to be about, right? We can talk about all of these things in time and hopefully we'll get some other super cool experts in to, to help us discuss Absolutely. that as well. Yeah. Um, but actually, you know, cybersecurity, it's a made up word, right? We have cyberpunk, we have cybercrime, but this all, it's William Gibson, it's partly his fault. Yeah. And if you don't know William Gibson, yeah, Neuromancer is the book that you read if you're into cyberpunk or you're a wannabe into be you know into cyberpunk um it's the it's vr it's virtual reality isn't it envisaged in the 80s i mean it's it's all good fun um but the the root of the word of that prefix cyber um comes from cybernetics and cybernetics has the greek root of being about steering on a boat Right, so it's about good steering and good control of a boat. It's also where we get the word government from. So, the, like metaphorically, if you're good at steering the boat, you're also good at steering the ship. Do we state. get to talk about Brexit now? No. We oh shouldn't. God! Oh no! <laughs> oh no! So, but there's panic in the streets. Martial law, etc. Oh no! I've, we've gone too far already. We will not. We will not. By and large. That may, we should write that into the yeah, house rules. Definitely a rule. No, no talk about government. By and large, we're not going to do politics huh? unless it's specific to cyber security. Unless they've had a breach. <laughs> yes. Ah, well, topical. We can date this now uh, because there has been, you know, the, they've announced the the hack of um, the European diplomatic cables, haven't oh, they? Oh, yes. All good fun. Yes. Which, when you, when, you, when you hear that story, you think, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, everybody knows that. Of course that's going to happen. I was just sniffing that last night myself. <laughs> I knew it was you. <laughs> I knew it was you. I didn't expect you to confess it so publicly. Well, you know. So early on. They offered me a beamer, so. <laughs> uh, we're back to the product placement rule again. <laughs> right, I'm just writing into the house rules. No yeah. politics. Definitely wanted to keep track of. Uh, politics are fascinating, and I think they definitely do have a certain sort of intrigue in terms of cybersecurity. <laughs> I'm going to have to really just try. I'm going to, I came from information security, right? Yeah. So technically, at first, I came from just security, and then we all sort of felt like, no, 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 physical security is separate from what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, right. This was like late 90s, early 2000s. And then it became information security. Yep. And then I had to separate myself. Oh, we must separate ourselves from information technology. So we had to be very clear about that. And then cybersecurity, yeah, sort of came out of nowhere. And I first heard a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago, people saying cyber. Yeah. Now, I don't know if cyber meant anything to you, but me in the 90s, cyber was uh, used in a different way. It meant, you know, if you were cybering with someone. Oh, <laughs> was, yes. Yes. <laughs> so... That sort of took me by surprise when that popped out of the blue because that was I thought I've been in this too long. I, I remember when this word was used to be <laughs> and, and it's being and that prefix is now being added on to loads of other stuff, right? So cyber warfare. Mm. Um, cyber attack obviously is used quite quite widely. Cyber bullying for me is a really difficult yeah. one because 
you know, bullying's bullying for kids these days, whether it happens on an online platform or in a, a messaging app or in the streets yeah. or in the playground. They're not distinguishing the one from the other. It's a continuation, right? So the idea that we should make something somehow feel virtual and somehow less real by being cyber, yeah. I think is a really interesting thing that particularly back to the politics piece, particularly kind of politicians who aren't specialists oh, in this gosh, field yeah. will talk about cyber something. Which we've seen around some of the court stuff that's come up lately. We, we won't mention any names, but yeah, right. some of the questions that have been asked in some of these courtroom scenarios. Right. Yeah. That, but, it's, that it's somehow nebulous. Yes. Nebulous is a hot word at the moment. Yeah. We're back to Brexit again. <laughs> the use of the word nebulous. We're not going there. <laughs> nebulous are magical. <laughs> Magical. <laughs> I honestly think, though, because you know these these folks are not experts in this field. I dare say some of them aren't even users, perhaps, of, of much right. of it. And uh, yeah, I think it must feel magical to them. And again, back to the science fiction roots and you know the cyberpunk start to all of this. Yeah, I think they still sort of look at some of this as though they're reading one of those original or hearing about one of those original you know cyberpunk stories. And I wonder if you know sometimes. I know that you and I are both really passionate about demystifying information security and cyber dash whatever for yeah. people yeah. so that it doesn't seem quite so magical and nebulous Absolutely. and scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think its association with science fiction is brilliant because it gets people excited about right. working on this stuff. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite examples of that in a minute. Um but it also makes it kind of dark and scary, all zeros and ones yeah. and faceless people in hoodies. <laughs> so that that fear means that ordinary people, which is an unfortunate term, but people who don't work in information not, security, not geeks, non people like us, whatever <laughs> class we're in. We're definitely the geek class. <laughs> we're definitely. Oh, are we? Oh, yeah. Okay, just I'd probably I'd resist, resist. <laughs> um, I'm resisting the geekness. All right, okay, I'm, 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 I'm Look, if with I'm it. going with princess, you got to take out geek. Come on. Okay, all right, that's a fa- that's a fair trade. You're on geek princesses. Happy Christmas, everybody. <laughs> We've given each other presents. I've given Beck princess. She's given me geek. We're gonna eat it up. Now. That's right. Build <laughs> to the top. <laughs> you know, I do think it's it's. It's really unfortunate that you're... See, I'm, just, I'm talking about the average person in the street again, it's whatever okay. that person Wait, is. They won't ever listen to this, so it's okay. That's true. Right, okay. So the non-geek, the non-geek, um, the non-tech obsessive, um, it, it, it's, it's easy to be afraid... Yeah, absolutely. I agree. ...of staying safe and secure online, of yeah. protecting your data. Yeah. When actually, it should be something that we present to people as being perfectly manageable. Yes. Um, And we were talking about, you know, you were talking about how you worked in information security. Uh, When I started out in law enforcement, I worked on computer crime. And computer crime at the time sounded really old-fashioned. It sounded like someone had stolen a PC from somebody's office, right? I've taken a Commodore. I'm (laughs) actually in a building. (laughs) Well, you know, these days, a Commodore would be worth something on eBay. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, ZX Spectrum with the nice little rubbery pads. That would be so nice, you know. See, when I was a kid in the States, right, we had Radio Shack, TRS 80s, Trash 80s, they're called them. Yeah, so that, that was our old school. And, you know, over the course of 
this, oh, I was going to call it a series. We've committed ourselves now, oh, haven't we've we? committed to something. Over the course of this podcast, <laughs> we've committed to public humiliation. Um, over the course of this podcast, I will be talking at length about my Commodore VIC-20, <laughs> which I think I got in 1983 or possibly 1984, which was a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. It was a beautiful thing. You had to have a whole desk for it, but yeah, they were gorgeous. Tape recorders. <laughs> Yes. Tape recorders. For for those of you at school, those for those of you under forty, we used to use tape recorders when we were uh, computing. Computing was a thing. Wasn't yes, it? it was. You had to compute. Yeah, and so I quite like the term computer crime oh, yeah. because we were talking about this off tape, weren't we? Off tape. You oh. see. <laughs> Stop aging us, Vic. God bless. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I quite like the term computer crime because it's anything that computes. Yeah. It's the cyber, when we talk about cyber-enabled crime or cyber-dependent crime, yeah. anything that requires processing. Yeah. It's really digital crime, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Crime. And that's, that's nice because it takes in the idea of data yeah. as the commodity yeah. as well. But it brings, like, Internet of Things into it as well. Ooh, yeah. Oh, look, I brought Internet all, of Things I'm just going to make, I'm gonna make, make a, note a note of that. IoT... For those of you who are playing um, bingo, conference bingo, <laughs> we've, we've IoT. IoT, I'd like to also mention GDPR, which for those of you who are... Don't forget blockchain. Blockchain. Um, we're saying all the buzzwords. We can tag this, well, you see, and then when it, we put it out on social media. Absolutely. If we had a bit of AI in here right now, that would, AI, that would really help That's another well. one. <laughs> We'll remember some more. And this is all, you know, our subsequent podcast will be on all of these subjects. and no, and won't. We'll get... We'll, AI? We'll, wait, what? Uh, AI's just thinking, isn't it? It's just automated thinking. Automated thinking. Machine indeed. learning. We've been calling it for many years. Um, shall we get on to the actual topic? Probably. Um, <laughs> what was your favourite representation of, like, cyber computers in tech when you were growing up oh absolutely so yeah i i was the i was the kid that loved the, the geek shows right so i um there used to be a cartoon dungeons and dragons oh yeah loved that yeah. as a kid yeah but i would say from like a movie perspective i um i remember uh, tron tron was a big one loved i tron. loved tron yeah. a lot of neon yes a lot of neon yeah and jeff bridges <laughs> Jeff Bridges been in his younger years. That's a winning Bless combination, yeah, isn't yeah, it, Neon yeah. and Jeff Bridges? Well, absolutely. But, you know, we also had, had chatted about uh, war games and uh, Matthew Broderick. My God, that man ages well, doesn't he? Hasn't He's, he? Yeah. He looks practically the same. I mean... <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure what was going on the first time I watched war games. And, and then all of a sudden somebody dropped the word thermonuclear war, the phrase... And cyber suddenly became very scary. Computers yeah, were very scary. Yeah. All of a sudden, we were pushing the big red button. Yeah, and a, and a computer and a kid was able to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely. what everyone took away from war games. I think that actually was one of my biggest fears as a child was was nuclear war. Me too. Well, I had two huge fears actually: was nuclear war and stepping on a rusty nail. Those were my two. <laughs> well, I did grow up. Both are killers. So, yeah. Both are killers. Well, both will get you in completely different ways. But yeah, yeah. one yeah. one slightly slower than the other. Yeah, well, definitely less aggressive, but still painful, from what I hear. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then when war games came out, yeah, that was fear. That was triggered right there. Fear triggered. It's funny you should mention that. So we've got those influences in common, and I wonder if. 
I wonder to what extent Dungeons and Dragons and the fear of thermonuclear war fed into cyber fear as well, oh, right? Yeah, because yeah. Um, I've been looking at moral panics. This is this is the kind of thing I like to. So moral panics and how crimes online and 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 um, online activities get portrayed in the media, right? So I've done a bit of work on how the dark web gets portrayed in the media, and that's a whole nother podcast, well, as they would say couple, in America. We've done a couple of talks on that. We've done a couple of talks on that already. <laughs> um, and I, it, I've been banging on about it for the last few weeks, so we'll, we'll do something else for a while. Yeah. Um, but there was a similar moral panic about Dungeons & Dragons, that in the early 80s, particularly in the States there was this media conception that kids were killing themselves. Oh, right, right, right. Because of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That's just the states for you, though, isn't it? I think periodically they're looking for someone to make the bad guy and to make the fall, you know, guy, so to speak, for... <laughs> yeah, it's, I suppose it's the, it's the shock of the new as well, yeah. isn't it? It's the distrust yeah. of the new. Didn't they, for example, though, weren't the Smurfs sort of looked down upon for a while? Because, like, one of the Smurfs was making the other Smurfs gay or something. So, I mean, I think... I generally some... look down on the Smurfs <laughs> full stop. <laughs> you know, there's just... There's something wrong with the Smurfs. Well, I completely concur, but apparently they were also making people gay. So, yeah... <laughs> I'm going to need to go away and unpack that. We'll come back to you on a later podcast about whether the Smurfs are making people gay or not. Um, but certainly, the, you know, the moral panic piece, we see that now being attached to things like cyberbullying. Yeah. And then we had, I know it's not strictly cybersecurity or information security, but, you know, we have these fears around blue whale, people coercing people into committing suicide or coercing people into self-harm. Oh, yeah. And sometimes these things are whipped up by the media Absolutely. or certainly escalated yeah. Yeah. and exacerbated by the media. And for me, I think one of the things I'm really passionate about at the moment is stripping away that panic so that we can just tell people what the problem really is yeah. and then empowering them to be able to do something about it as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And so it really fascinates me that, you know, we've, we've got that fantasy space that people don't understand, which I think we're going to see being played out with VR as well, when people are in immersive 360-degree fantasy spaces. Yes. We've also got, as an aside... Um, the President of the United States, and we promised we wouldn't mention politics, but, you know, when he portrays renewed sanctions against Iran by using a Game of Thrones meme, yes. sanctions are coming. Yeah. Like, does, does that mean that the US administration thinks that geopolitics is fantasy? This is like... I'm not, this, sh I'm not sure we have enough time in this podcast or in indeed this series if it becomes that to unpack that point. I'm just making a note of post-truth cybersecurity for a subsequent podcast. I do completely agree with the use of memes, though. I think there are not, there's not enough meme usage in our industry, so I'm very happy to... Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. We, we may produce a series of memes specific to the podcast and the stuff we talk about you know i don't often talk about u.s politics but when i do etc etc yes you know. good one good um, one. we'll not do stream of consciousness on that right now no i think, I think we may have to edit that a lot be heavily edited but the thermonuclear war piece is really interesting as well because i grew up with the whole ministry of well the tail end of the uk ministry of information stuff which was you know when the bomb when the three minute warning drops you're going to do this and you're going to go and... So I, so at five years old, 
I had decided that if we got the two minute or three minute warning, I was going to hide in the toilet, not actually in the toilet, <laughs> for, for US folks, yeah, not actually clarify. in the toilet, in the bathroom, because it was the smallest room in the house. And I would take all my favourite toys with me. Not food, no, not water. Food. No, we don't need that. You know, not um, a means of emergency communication. But I'll have my toys with me because when you're five, yeah. those are the, the dearest things to you. Priority, priority. I think I'd also decided I was going to save the dog. The dog was coming <laughs> with me. You're like parents who need some. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, it hadn't even occurred to me. I think I thought, I had assumed, five-year-old me had assumed they would be fine looking after and themselves because they, could take they themselves. responsible adults and all of that. <laughs> but I do think it's interesting from the communication perspective because countries did a ton of public engagement oh, yeah, on thermonuclear war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure we do as well on cybersecurity and online safety and all of that but stuff. But the difference, I think, is social media and the impact social media has played on how we educate ourselves and how people get their news, whether it's fake or not. We won't yeah. talk about that. But that, that could well be yeah, another that, well-worn podcast. Changed, yeah, that's changed immensely, hasn't it? I mean, because when I was a child, you know, the news came in the form of the paper, the radio, the television, or your gossipy neighbor, you know? <laughs> right. So social media is your gossipy neighbor, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or it's, in, in my case, it's your mum. <laughs> and and mum will be listening. I love your mum. Enough with the posts of dogs. Just saying. Um, I might have to cut that bit because otherwise I'm going to have a really tough yeah, Christmas. Yeah, then you're going to have to, yeah, you'll, you'll have to make up and, and then have Christmas. That's true, isn't it? I've got her a nice present, though. Um, so, yeah, so for me, it's important how we communicate about this stuff. Yeah. Um, what about The Matrix? Don't get me... I just yelled at the guy at work the other day because he didn't. he's never watched The Matrix. And I was like, how do you call yourself a professional in our industry and you haven't seen The Matrix? And we just need to, we just need to clear up that you're not a workplace bully. No, definitely not. No. I am, however, an advocate of seeing The Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Because that kind of that that made cyber what's I can say cyber investigation like that's a real word. It it made that forensics bit that digital investigation bit real and it used real tools yeah, right yeah well they used in map didn't mm. they I mean come on any movie that actually incorporates a hack and then shows the name of a real tool in the hack. Yeah. And for me, what was exceptionally cool is at the time, myself and, and my co-author, Angela Orba, Dr. Angela Orba, we had just finished writing our, our in-map book. Uh-huh. Which some basically called a working set of instructions for how to use in-map, but we insisted was much more in-depth. Much that. more. <laughs> much more than that. Available in all good bookstores, Beck? Or, um, probably online through Amazon somewhere. Yeah, I'll happily accept that penny royalty if you buy one of those. <laughs> don't, don't write books, kids. Don't write books. It's, 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 it's not as lucrative as people think it is. Um, and so Nmap, the guys that run Nmap, they have a page, don't they, where they say this is all the times we've been used in the media. Absolutely, yes. Which is really, it's actually really nice to go to that page. And, and it's almost a, it's a great guide for stuff you should watch. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great you know. starting point. Yeah. Um, so 
we should probably try and make this a bit more interactive for people, shouldn't we? Because, I mean, we can, we've rapidly realised we can just... We could just chat for hours. We can just chat for hours and you can listen to us. But we would like to know what your favourite representation in like film and media and it might be it might be a news story that you think is particularly humorous Absolutely. or particularly informative yeah. or you know what was the best movie or tv series you've ever seen so what was the one we were just talking about wreck it ralph the new wreck it oh. ralph yeah a lot of activity ralph breaks happened. the internet that's it yeah and he's going into the dark net come on man if the cartoon character is hitting up the dark net and i and so i really love this because you know I'm a bit of an advocate for using humour to try and keep people safe. Never would have guessed that right? about you, Vic. <laughs> now, whether it's actually funny or not is a different matter. Um, and, and I'm really, really interested by the fact that Disney has decided to represent the Darknet. And there's this guy called Double Dan, who's one of their characters, who looks a bit like a, a cross between Jabba the Hutt well, he's like a slightly slightly drier version of Jabba. <laughs> Jabba does always look moist. And he's got... He does look a bit moist. Um, and Double Dan's got this little mini-me growing out of his neck. And the whole thing is, that, you know, the guy shows Ralph into the room and says, God's sake, don't mention. Or for goodness sake, don't mention um, that, you know, the, his little brother. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's a slightly slimy room. But what it isn't, is all scary zeros and ones. And, you know, they could easily have done it where it was a room full of people who look like the Grim Reaper, mm. right? So it's not a terrifying space. It's a ridiculous space mm. that people are going to laugh at. Now, what I want to know is, and that I'm going to be fascinated to see if we can track this over time, is what's the impact of making the dark net seem faintly ridiculous right because there's a generation of kids that will see that movie all over the world and will think that the dark web and the dark net is funny or not real possibly not real mm. um not necessarily something to be afraid of right but also not necessarily something that's really cool because it's forbidden and it's off limits right um so is that going to have an impact on you know the number of kids that we see going into some of these dark spaces, embarking on criminal careers. Yeah. I don't necessarily think of Disney doing crime prevention. Um, I seriously doubt they had that in mind when they came exactly, up with the idea. Exactly. <laughs> but I do think there is this really interesting interplay between how cybercrime information security gets represented. Absolutely. Also things like you know law enforcement's capability to fight it, mm. companies' capability to fight it, this idea that it's a bit difficult to do. Um, and that there's an interplay between that and how safe people actually are. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting one. Um, tune back in in 20 years' time when Beck and I will probably still be doing this very podcast. I'll probably still be talking to you. Hopefully, someone, hopefully somebody will have brought some food in. And uh, we'll have had a wash at, at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'd like to know from you what your favourite Yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. Movies, to see what, TV what is shows. What that's moved people? You know, what, what have they seen as influences for them in this yeah. space? Or Yeah, because I think those are definitely the big ones for me. Um, Everybody talks about Mr. Robot. Yeah, you know, I watched the first series of Mr. Robot, and then the ending, and, you know, the whole, I won't 
destroy it for anybody. But the way that it ended, I spoiler was just, alert. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to spoiler it, spoiler it. But I was just like, meh, you know. And then the second one came out, and I was like, oh, there's just so many other things on Netflix to watch. <laughs> you know, why, why, why would I tune into this again? It was just kind of meh. Do you so. sometimes have the the busman's holiday feeling as well, where actually you've done a long day at work, or it's been a long week? The last thing you want to do is watch a show about cyber. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's more actually like the last thing I want to do is configure anything technical in my home. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I was the person that still had the blinking clock, you know, for forever. Um, back in the days when it was a VCR, then a DVD, and now it's just, I don't know, the Skybox? Does it even have a clock on it? Anything that needs to be configured in my home oftentimes doesn't get done by me for that very right. reason is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> yes, so... So the, the moral of that story is that, you know, not everybody who works in cyber is a, is technically practical. Absolutely. Yeah. And unfortunately, because sometimes, you know, I think we do need to eat our own dog food a bit, especially when you yeah. see people in security, and I will not name names, but uh, well-known people in security who've been breached, who mm-hmm. have fallen prey to a phishing attack, who've had, you know, um, yeah, credential stuffing been successful due to poor password management practices. Yeah. Those types of things, I think, are, are so painful that uh, I, I sort of pay attention to those bits and pieces. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think and that kind of takes us back to the starting point, which is, you know, what is cybersecurity? Mm. There's sometimes, well, we I see this all too often. You probably see this quite often as well. There is this perception that there is such a thing as absolute security. Mm. So we have these big media, like today with um, the, the EU's diplomatic channels, the, the cables being breached. Yes. You know, when you're, when you're reading a news story like that or you're listening to a news item, it's tempting, isn't it, to think, oh, my goodness, how could they possibly have let that happen? Yeah. But the reality is that there's only a certain amount you can do. If there is, you know, there are basic things that you can do, and oh, if you absolutely. haven't done the basic yeah. things, then more fool you. But actually, if you've got a really persistent, dare I say, state-sponsored attacker, is this an advanced persistent? Oh, right. APT. That's another one for the, the conference bingo, folks. Um, if if you've got a really persistent attacker with a lot of resources, a lot of um, People power, yeah. a lot of bottoms on seats, yeah. grinding the stuff, then they will find a way They're in. They're going to get in. Whether that's, that's human or technical, yeah. you know. And I always try and manage expectations around that, you know, anytime I go, especially into like a new environment or a new sort of whether it's a new company I'm working for, you know, a new group that I'm consulting with or advising with. And just to make sure that they understand if someone wants your data, they're going to get it, mm. you know. Unless you're taking it all offline and, yeah, burying it in a bunker, you know, 20 feet below ground or whatever. But um, anything from someone finding your weakest link, whether it's your supply chain, whether it's your remote office, you know, whether it's bribing, you know, poor Joe in uh, in boxing and warehouse, you know, yeah. whatever it is to get that access, they're going to find it if they really want it. I think at that point, it's where it's the uh, the onion, right? we got to talk about the onion. We can add that one to the bingo too. Yeah. But it's about the layered controls and it's about understanding, you know, how to bring the layered controls so that you have proactive notification where possible. You obviously have some sort of remediation and mitigation and then a reactive exactly. response, you know, when it's necessary. Exactly. So that's where, it, and that's a, that takes us into that, that definition piece really, which is what are you going to hear us talk about? Well, if we're thinking about how 
cybersecurity is comprised these days at the back end of 2018. Yes, it's about monitoring and threat intelligence, but a very large part of it is that incident response piece. And incident response is about, you know, mitigating and um, containing the threat, Mm -hmm. containing the attack and the impact of it as much as possible. But it's also things like, what's our external engagement plan? Yes. Are we going to talk to our customers about this before they find out about it in the media or find out about it on Twitter? Um, And that is so important because that has, if you're a company... That has an impact on your share price, potentially. It certainly has an impact on your reputation. reputation. Yeah, Yeah. those are massive. And so many companies get it so, so, (laughs) so wrong, you know. Oh, my gosh. I wish I can't think, of course, the details now. But a couple of the breaches we've seen in the past year in particular, where companies have been responding and like on Twitter and helping customers and trying to answer questions. And then they've called the wrong website to point customers to. Are you thinking of what I'm thinking? And it was actually a website someone had set up to try and fool, you know, their customers and to do further damage or harm to them. I can't remember now who the example was. Probably shouldn't call it out anyway. But, yeah, that's a perfect example. And the impact of those those knock-on attacks and spoofs. And it, it makes me think, you know, a lot of these things have an offline analogy, and, you know, when I, when I was working in law enforcement, I did a bit of work on volume crime, burglaries and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, there's always a trend mm-hmm. with burglars that what you do is you, you burgle a house, you take the TV and everything, and you know that that person is going to replace those items mm-hmm. when they claim on their insurance. So you wait six weeks and you, and you do it again because you know they've got brand new items. They come back and get the new stuff. Yeah. Which is horrible. Of course, yeah. it's horrible. But it's yeah. a it's it feels similar to me in a way that, um, you know, scammers and spoofers and you know uh, cyber criminals who are who are financially motivated are watching all of these big breaches oh, and working out how they can monetize that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to to I guess play on that point as well, they're using the old school tactics right from the physical world translating them into the digital world and then reaping the benefits from that as well and that's the cycle i think that we continue to see and it's where some of the we had um we had the chap that um oh god my memory brett johnson came and spoke with us and um he did a fantastic talk talking about his experience participating in one of the original crews you know that were making fraudulent claims against uh, back in the day ebay you know ripping people right. off and yeah and basically just talking about hey these were the same tips and tricks and tools that he had done in the physical world translated to the digital world and then now of course he's switched to the good side thank god <laughs> but you know now educating people about how this is this is it this still happens, you know. And it's back to that holy trinity of cybersecurity, information security, which is people, process, technology. Oh, bingo. <laughs> Up for the bingo there. Um, but it's, I love that, though, still, because we, there's been a tendency, certainly over the last 10 years, to push the technical fixes. Yeah. Absolutely. To say, right, oh, you just need to buy oh, this buy product. this widget. Or, yeah. Buy this hardware. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what, and I actually, when I'm at my most contentious and militant, and you know I can, every so often, Beck, you know I can be contentious and militant, <laughs> um, I, I get quite annoyed that we have 
potentially made people less informed and more stupid about this mm. stuff. Because, they because think we've they can told buy, them the black box will fix yeah, it. Yeah, you can buy a magic widget. Yeah, you don't need to know about this yeah. stuff. This is going to run in the background and it's going to protect you from cyber attacks. But that's hurt so many companies as well. So for the longest time, I, I used to run socks. I ran and built socks for about 10 years. And part of that was doing intrusion detection, intrusion prevention, you know, WAFs and, and all of that. You might you might need to do the acronyms for the people. Oh, that's, um, yes, that's a good point. So um, in, if I can remember the acronyms, intrusion detection systems, intrusion prevention systems, um, wireless access firewalls. Yeah, all of this kind of kit that you and would buy. And socks are security operations centers. Oh, security centers. operations centers, yes. Yeah. Sorry about that. But so all this kit that you would buy and then sort of put in place. And companies had this idea, they had this thought that it was like, oh, we bought it, we've installed mm -hmm. it, now we can, you know, sort of forget about it. And and not realizing, you know, oh, you've got to keep signatures up to date. I've got to tell the box what to look for. How does that work? You yeah. know, and allowing things to become so outdated that then they become, you know, basically open, gaping, vulnerable. And you've got to have people... Reviewing the flags yeah. as well. That if something flags up as suspicious, it's not sufficient to just go, oh, well, we saw it. Well, I feel like we've learned that lesson now, though. Like, I feel like we've evolved past that. I feel like now some of the concern is more, you know, everyone's moving to the cloud. Everything's a SaaS-based yeah. system now, which is great. There's a convenience factor to what it. What is SaaS? Software as a service. So where we've taken the old school hardware stuff and they've built it now in, in the cloud. Yeah. So uh, Azure and AWS and all of our lovely, friendly cloud providers right. who are yeah. out there. Yeah. And then having folks buy into those tools and technologies. I think there's still a certain amount of, you know, we wish we could just buy it, forget it type of... Uh... <laughs> well, and I, think, and I think there's a lot of that in terms of the service providers as well. Um, and and this is and that's not their fault. It's just the way the market has developed, yeah. and the way it's been commercialized is that I think particularly for smaller businesses, you haven't got the resources to run your own security operations center. Yeah. So you're going to, if you can, outsource that to somebody else. Yeah. But then when you outsource it, the risk is that you know even less about. Absolutely. how you're being protected. Well, and the, the story was always right, that the, the service provider never actually understands fully your business. So they understand at a high level what to mm. look for, you know, and they understand how to assist from that direction. But yeah, there was always the additional concern that, you know, this isn't still quite what we need. And I think that goes back to why security is so difficult. You have to have actual people that know what they're doing. You have yeah. to have enough actual people that know what they're yeah. doing. You know, you've got to cover the, all of the different aspects to security because there are so many different pieces. And then you've got to have someone that can understand how do we prioritize this stuff? Where are we truly yeah. vulnerable? Where are the true priorities, the true risks and, uh, yeah, being able to do all of that, that's where it gets a bit tricky, I think. And ultimately, the buck stops, particularly for things like data protection, um, with somebody in the company. So you can outsource right. a load of the day-to-day -day operations. But if you get a breach and you've got a requirement to notify affected customers under the general data protection regulation um, and other you know, data protection legislation, then... You're the person that needs to take, you know, yeah. if you're the data protection officer or you're the chief information security officer, you are the person yeah. that has that responsibility for that. And, and I'm being flippant, but I think that's one of the reasons why chief information security officers, who are quite often referred to as CISOs, they have a really short shelf life in mm. large companies mm. because all companies are going to have a breach at some stage. Yeah. If it happens on your watch... 
quite often you have to take the fall for them. Well, again, I think that goes back to management setting, right, and, and, and expectation setting, you know, for those companies. And I think that it takes a combination of so many different skill types to be able to do that, to, to run that role, to have that accountability. You know, the, the days have not passed us by much where it was all tick box exercises, right? So it'd be like, oh, we have this regulation, you know, we're going to tick this box, everything's fine, set it and forget it again. Compliance, that's yeah. the bingo oh, yes. term, isn't Compli- it? Um, yes, everybody loves a good old bit of GRC. So uh, yeah, governance, regulation and compliance. And um, I think that where we have, again, hopefully where we're evolving from with that is that people realize, no, we've got to truly have someone in the CISO role. CISO, I heard the other day. So I heard CISO the other day. Yeah, I wanted to kick the person. Isn't that, like, isn't that the carpet that's made of old rope? <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, I don't know you what say, they were talking you say, about first, You say though. CISO, I say CISO. Let's call the whole thing off, folks. <laughs> um, and on that note... Should we wrap this up? Yeah, it sounds like we probably should because we could actually just faff about and chat for literally hours. It's a little bit like a battle royale when when Vic and Beck get together. Because I think, because we love each other to bits, right? And we find each other very interesting. And, and funny. we have And, and funny. <laughs> Don't forget the funny. And we are on the same page about a lot of things, but it's almost like we're in a mission to wear each other down. Who can talk longer? <laughs> Just, who can talk longer? Um, and, and, you know, potentially you could find us at some point in the new year expired on the floor having talked no, to each other to death. Never. Not going to happen. Uh-huh. What we will have in the new year, though, is another one of these, I hope. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Again. Yeah, this is loads of fun. Fantastic. So, look, what we will do, we've, we've already said to you, um, please tell us what your favourite like movie representations and TV and I'm particularly interested to hear about stuff that isn't UK or US based I think because you know we don't want cultural dominance we want diverse perspectives there might be a really really good TV series from a part of the world that like we just haven't encountered Um, but also what would you like us to talk about yeah what interests you yeah because absolutely obviously we can come up with things and talk about all day long but yeah it might be fun to do that too. yeah so tweet us um we haven't set up the twitter account it's gonna yet. happen it's happening it's, it's happening and it will be obvious it will probably be at cyber warrior princess if it's not if taken. it hasn't already been taken probably taken so try that or search for us <laughs> search for us right? you'll be able to find becky pinkard and dr victoria baines i'm cyber baines just to completely undermine everything I've said about, the word about cyber there. The misuse of the prefix cyber. Actually, <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even taking my own medicine. It's just pretty poor, really. Um, I need to go away and have a long, hard talk with myself. Um, as my husband keeps telling me. Um, so but but tweet us, ask us questions, tell us what you think about this. But particularly, um, Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Yeah. And give us some great suggestions for people that we need to have in yeah, as guests. Yeah, we're going to have some people in. We'd like to have some female professionals. Definitely going to do that. That's not to the exclusion no. of, of guys. Absolutely going to have guys as well. If you, you know, if, who work in the space. But we'd like it to be a place where we can showcase all the women that are already doing amazing oh, yeah. things in yeah. information security, data protection... You know, um, because we're all out there and we'd like to use this as an opportunity to make people visible and to give them a voice. Absolutely. Um, 
thanks ever so much this yeah. is us signing off Thank and you. um hey guys have a lovely christmas happy new year happy new year we will see you in 2019 see ya